morning, everyone. Great to be with you today. Pastor Stephen Beck's uh, in the middle of the northern winter in the UK, and a crazy time of the year to go to the UK, but still, anyway, no sense, no feeling, eh? So uh, they'll enjoy it, I'm sure. And the baptism's awesome, eh? We've had over 100 people this year have gone through the waters of baptism, declaring their faith in Jesus Christ. So well done, guys. Just awesome to uh, see that happen. Like, get your notes out and let's share a little bit out of God's Word, shall we? And just want to talk a little bit of one of the stories in Jesus' life, his ministry. And uh, Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John uh, up onto a high mountain, and they had this encounter with God up there. We call it the Transfiguration, and it's just a special glory time they had there. Elijah and Moses came there, and then God spoke audibly uh, to them. And uh, there's like this cloud and an amazing spiritual experience. And I don't know if you ever had an experience like that. I can just think of uh, one of my own life that was quite dramatic where there's just a great sense of the presence of God and, and, and God speaking and directing uh, our lives. And so they had this amazing experience. And then they got down from the mountain. They quickly came back to reality. And uh, they were met by a man who had taken uh, his son to Jesus. His son had had a demon. He was demon-possessed. And he had early, uh, earlier asked the disciples if they could do something, but they were not able to do anything. That didn't work, whatever they did. And so the disciples asked Jesus, you know, why couldn't we do it? Why didn't it work for us? How come we didn't have the authority? And Jesus teaches them about faith. Now, remember, he's just come down from a high mountain. And so he uses that in the illustration he gives to them. And so if you've got your notes there, Matthew chapter 17, verse 19, it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, Because you had so little faith. I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus is saying, You failed in getting the victory because you lacked faith. You failed in the physical because of something you were lacking in the spiritual, he's saying to them. You didn't fail because you didn't have passion. You didn't fail because it wasn't the right thing to do. You didn't fail because you didn't have the energy. You failed because you didn't have the right perspective. You didn't have faith. See, I can fail in an area that I can see because I don't have something in an area that I can't see. And it's possible for our mouths to be saying something, but our hearts not be in agreement with our mouths. Our heart doesn't really believe what we are saying. And so Jesus sits them down and he teaches them with an illustration. He says, if you had faith as of a grain of mustard seed, he says, he takes like what is a physical thing and he teaches them a spiritual truth. Jesus always did this. Used parables, used illustrations, types, and prophecies, and so on. He took something that was physical to teach something that was spiritual. And so he does that with them here. And uh, he says, this is how potent faith is. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and it will move. Now, remember, Jesus had just come down from the mountain. And so the mountain was there right before the eyes. He's using the illustration that was right in front of their eyes uh, to teach them something there. And he's comparing this high mountain to a seed of mustard. He says, you can speak to the mountain that's right in front of you and say, be thou removed into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, and it will get up and go. What Jesus is saying, it doesn't take a lot of faith. Don't use the excuse, I'm just a new Christian. 
Don't use the excuse that I'm not a very strong Christian. You know, don't use excuses, he's saying. It doesn't take a lot of faith. The little bit of faith that you've got is enough for the mountain that you're facing in your life. And what's so striking here is like the contrast between the frailty and the smallness, the minuteness of, of the mustard seed, which is one of the smallest seeds possible, and a mountain. The contrast is just like, oh, it's just amazing there. See, a mustard seed is so small that you, you could put it in the palm of your hand. And like if you're not careful, it, it'd get into the cracks in your fingers there and look if it dropped if I had one in my hand now I used to have some in my office but if I if I had one in my hand now and and it dropped on the carpet I would not be able to find it that's how small it is the great Korean pastor Yongi Cho he tells the story about he was how he was given a mustard seed and he was like amazed about you know the size of this mustard seed and he brought it back he wanted his whole church to see it he lined them all up and so they could come and he stood up at the front and he had it in his hand and he said come on up I want you to see him and they were just amazed they look at this mustard seed if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed you can say to this mountain be moved into the sea they were amazed by it this old grandmother she came up and her eyes were not too good and uh, so she was trying to see it, but she couldn't see it, and she got closer and closer, and eventually her breath blew it off his hand onto the carpet, and, and they searched and searched, but they could not find the mustard seed, and God spoke to Cho and said, if your faith needs to be so small that it can be blown away by a grandmother's breath, you can never say to me that you do not have enough faith. I want to talk to you this morning about the mountains that are right in front of you, things that you are having to face, things that are, that are in your life right now that seem to be so big it's like a mountain. And I want to talk to you about that thing that looks impossible that you think can never, ever go away. And the answer is a mustard seed of faith in God. You say, well, I've only got a little bit. That's all you need. I've just got a little bit. I don't have much. I just have a little bit. But if you have faith... You know what faith you have, even though it may just be tiny, that is enough for you to face the mountains, to address the mountains in front of you. See, even though you might have 99% doubt and 1% faith, that's enough. You know, work with what you have, move with what you have, that is enough. Focus on what you've got. See, every one of us face issues in life. We face mountains, and they can overshadow us. Just want to talk for a few minutes just about mountains and the effect that they can have on us in our life. And the first point I got down here in your notes, if you're taking them, is that your mountain can block your vision. Your mountain can block your vision. They had just come down from this mountain and had amazing spiritual experience and no doubt they had goosebumps on. You know, they'd been in the presence of God like glory land and they were really excited about that. And then reality hit home. We can be the same. We can come to church. We can have a great time in church. We can praise and worship and, you know, see people touched by the Spirit of God, being baptized. and It's just awesome in the presence of God, but then we walk out of here. And there's stuff that we're facing in our life. There are mountains that we're facing in, in our life. And, and, and those mountains, they can block your vision. They, they can stop you from seeing your future. See, when, when you've got a mountain in front of you, you can't, seem, you can't see tomorrow. You know, when you've got a mountain in front of you, you can't feel like life is just not worth living. You've got a mountain in front of you and, and you can't see beyond the mountain because the mountain is blocking the view beyond there. 
block your vision, block your hopes, block your dreams. But if you've got a little bit, Jesus is saying, that you don't have to have the equivalency, uh, you, your, your faith doesn't, you don't have to have faith as big as a mountain to move a mountain. It's if you've just got a little bit, he's saying there, it doesn't have to be an equal fight. I can remember when we um, brought the, uh, the land of Manuera, the Jehovah's Witness headquarters, and it's like uh, 17 acres there, and uh, beautiful site, all the facilities and everything, and $14 million. And we had the opportunity to buy it, and we just spent $9 million on um, doing the first stage of our school around in Golflands. Then we'd spend another four, borrowed another $4.5 million from the bank to buy the land we owned up on the golf course, which we've now sold. And then the opportunity came to buy this $14 million. And, um, but I remember just saying to the church here, you know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, he was saying this to test them, but he already knew what he was going to do. I remember saying, you know, maybe God is testing us, but he already knows what he is going to do. We now own that property. It's an amazing property. It's, uh, we have fantastic use of it. It's for the kingdom of God. It is fully self-funding. Uh, we don't have to top it up or anything with the way we have. We face a similar mountain now today. We have the opportunity to purchase uh, the property at Papakura that we lease part of. We lease half of one floor uh, for our church, and uh, the rest of it is leased out to the Auckland City Council, and part of it's empty. We have the opportunity to purchase that for $15 million, and uh, it opens up huge possibilities for us. And uh, pray with us, believe with us, you know, God will make a way. I said, man, if we get the opportunity to get that, what a great opportunity uh, in building our ministry further out there in South Auckland. You know, I'm stuck with this potency of faith. The contrast between the size of a mustard seed and the size of a mountain speaks to me like the potency of faith. I don't have to have a mountain of faith or a mountain of problems. God doesn't weigh it the way that we weigh it. He, he doesn't see it the way that we see it. He doesn't do it the way that we do it. He, he's not going by what we see. If a mountain is what we see is not a mountain to him. If you're in an aeroplane and you're flying and maybe you're flying over the Himalayas and you look down and there's Mount Everest down there, it doesn't look like a mountain. If you, the height you're at, you look down, it all looks, you know, reasonably the same. Imagine what it looks like when you're seated in heavenly places as our Lord Jesus Christ is. What we see as a mountain, he is seated in heavenly places looking at it. It doesn't look like a mountain uh, to him. See, I don't know what your mountain is, but I'm... Know that when Jesus is talking about mountains here, he's not talking about literal mountains. He's, he's talking about stuff in our lives. Things that we need to stand against in our life. Things that are blocking our view, that are robbing us of our vision. That's our mountain. And I'm not dismissing what you're facing as something that is irrelevant. I know that some of the stuff that we face in life is pretty big. You know, we have big issues in life. There, there are times when we are outnumbered. Not every mountain that we face is something that, that is trivial. And sometimes God sends us to do something or to be something or to get something that, that is like way beyond. We are outnumbered. But faith the size of a mustard seed doesn't have to be as big as the mountain in order for us to win. Remember Elisha's servant in the Old Testament and 
He goes out, opens up the door to get the paper in the morning and looks out and like he's just surrounded by uh, the enemy's armies are all around them. He runs back in and wakes Elisha up in bed and says, what should we do? Elisha just says, God, open his eyes. He says here in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, we need to set your vision through the eyes of faith. God, open my eyes. Let me see what you see. Let me see it from your perspective. David, in the psalmist, he wrote this. He said, though a host should camp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. See, your mountain can be blocking your vision. Second thing I want to say is that your mountain can take your voice. See, if you're not careful, the mountain will rob your voice. It'll take your voice. You'll just stand there. you just, like, look at it. You'll get depressed. And it, it robs you of your confession. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 in the Message Bible, I love the way it reads it there. It says, the word that saves is right here. As near as the tongue in your mouth, as close as the heart in your chest. It is the word of faith that welcomes God to work and set things right for us. See, the word in our mouth, when it is in agreement with the faith in our heart, that is what saves us. The word in our mouth, in agreement with faith in our heart, is what saves us, is what sets God working. Jesus said, if you have faith, as the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can speak. You can speak. You can speak to the mountain. He's trying to explain to them why they failed, why they couldn't set that person free. Maybe they had lost their voice. See, maybe the demons had showed off, made a big noise, intimidated them, got them to back away. You know, demons do show off. They make a lot of noise. They carry on. They foam and they fall. Look at that. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, it says, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Notice that it says, he often falls in the water, often falls into the fire. Notice that word, often, repetition, same thing, over and over, same thing is happening. If you've ever been involved in deliverance ministry, what you find very quickly is that it is very predictable. There, there is a sameness about it. It's like it's a repetition. After I think, I've seen it all before. You've seen it before. There's nothing new. See, whatever you are going through, it is not unique to you. Others have been through it. So what you find, you know, Satan cannot create. Only God is a creator. You know, there'll, there'll be stuff that you're going through, but others have been through it. Jesus said, it's not the one who makes the most noise. Not the one who jumps around and yells and, and, and so on, who shows off the most that one. Jesus said, you didn't win because of your lack of faith. He's saying, you don't, you don't understand who you were compared to who a demon is. A demon is just a servant of a defeated foe. 
See, we have the authority because we are sons and daughters of the living God. We, we need to exercise that authority with our words. We need to speak to devils. We need to speak to sickness. We need to exercise the authority with our words, open our mouth and speak in faith. Not just let life just sort of throw us around and knock us around and hit us and knock us down. You know, we need to speak to things and speak in faith to them. Jesus said to the disciples, you didn't win because of your lack of faith. Then the third thing I've got down here is that your faith will give you victory. Your faith will give you victory. See, sometimes our perspective of feeling small comes because of how we see ourselves. I can see everything in this room. I can look back and I can see the sound guys and the camera guys. I can see the doors. I can see you there. I see the chairs. I, I can see everything if I'm you know, standing up here looking uh, uh, around the room here. But I can't see me. If I wanted to see me, I would have to get a mirror and, and, and look. And, and, and the reason that I can't see me is that my eyes are not designed, my night eyes are not positioned so that I can see me. I can only imagine me. I, I get an image of me from what I imagine in, in, in my mind. And, and so uh, I can imagine me. And, and so how do you see you? You can see the mountain, see the mountain's no problem, and the mountain is like, yeah, right in your face. Stuff you are going through with your life, it's right in your face. You can see that, no problem at all, it's, it's clearly there. But the mountain, it blocks anything that is beyond that. But how do you see you? And Jesus is trying to teach them here that maybe their perception of themselves was too small. You know, maybe it came because of the result of how they saw themselves. So remember the story in the Bible when Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land and 10 of them came back with a negative report. And Numbers chapter 13, it's in your notes here, it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread amongst the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. See, because of how they saw themselves was also how the enemy saw them. Maybe with the disciples, they didn't have the authority the way they saw themselves as the way that the, the demons saw them and never responded to them. And that's how they treated them. No wonder the disciples couldn't cast it out. See, their perception robbed them of their authority. See, faith is a perspective. Our whole strength depends on how you see yourself. Faith, faith in your life. Faith doesn't live alone in your life. You, you have faith in your life, but there's a whole community that's living with faith uh, also in your life. And, and, and so you, you've got Brother Doubt, he lives in there. And uh, Sister Fear lives there, and three doors down, there's Sister Anxiety and, and uh, Aunt Depression. She just lives in there too. She's got her own little apartment in there, and she's in there as well. And all of them live in your mind in this little community of faith. And when you walk in through the door here, you bring the whole family with you. They, they all just come to church with you. They're all there, you know. And sometimes our smallness is imagined. Sometimes our smallness is something that we have imaged on ourselves. Where did we get those images from? Who told us? Who told you you were stupid? 
He told you you couldn't learn. He told you you couldn't do it. He told you uh, you were not attractive. He told you nobody would want you. He told you you'd never be loved. You know, he told you you'd never make it. He told you you were shy. You weren't shy as a baby. When you missed your nappy, you let the whole world know that you wanted your nappy changed. You weren't shy. But now, 30, 40 years later, you become a shy, introverted person. Why? See, faith of any kind always comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word, it also works in reverse. Faith of any kind comes from hearing. You didn't believe you were dumb until you heard someone said you were dumb. You didn't believe you couldn't learn until you heard somebody say you couldn't learn. You didn't believe you weren't attractive until you heard someone say it. Your belief is a result of something that you heard, and then you, what you believed about yourself, you are now fulfilling that prophecy in your life. Since I can't see me, all I can do is imagine me. I have an image of me, uh, and if I have the wrong image, I will act out that image. I'll see uh, that I'm small and have no value. That whole negative community in my mind will come along and reinforce it. Granddad, auntie, cousin, all of them will come down and say, yeah, that's exactly right, and they will all agree with you. See, the seed, the mustard seed, is easy devalued. It's un easily underestimated, but it shouldn't be. The, mount the mountain is what it is. The mountain cannot grow. I think the, the tallest mountain in New Zealand lost a little bit of its height. There was a, an avalanche or something. So the mountain couldn't grow. It could shrink, but it couldn't grow. But your faith... That is different. See, the mustard seed has the potential. The mustard seed can not only just be the tiniest of seed, but it can grow into a tree, but then it can produce seeds and it can grow into more trees and there can be a whole forest of mustard seeds. Uh, it, it is limited there. The, it, it's just got absolutely limitless. It's got the potential to grow and to grow and to grow. It may look smaller than what the mountain is, but it has greater potential than what the mountain does. Jesus said that. He said in Mark chapter 4, verse 30, he said again, Jesus said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. And yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds can perch in its shade. See, it has the potential to grow. The Bible says, talking about Abraham, great father of faith, it says Abraham grew strong in faith. See, your faith has the potential to grow. What was a mountain to you at one stage of your life maybe is no longer a mountain today. I remember when we started the church here 34 years ago and we had this huge budget we had to meet each week of $700. And that was like a mountain to us, you know. That is not a mountain today, I can tell you that, you know. We have grown in faith. See, as we step out in faith, God increases our capacity. What we thought we could never do, it becomes easy for us. The job that you thought that you could never do, uh, now you excel in it. That, that, that responsibility you thought you could never hold, you now hold it with confidence. You know, being a mum or a dad, you know, the dread of that when you had your first baby. You're now relaxed in that role. You're comfortable in, in, in being a parent. You see yourself different now. And so our goal as we preach the word on a Sunday is that we're taking the word of God and, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to speak to you the word of God so that we can regenerate the neighborhood in your mind. 
and all of those negative voices and those negative things that are living there that are attacking that, the, the, the seed of faith that is there, we can, we can speak into those things and we can try and regenerate, renew your mind one house at a time. We're taking over the community until you start walking by faith, talking by faith, living by faith, thinking by faith, raising your family by faith, doing business by faith, facing adversaries by faith, trusting in God by faith. See, have faith. Not just have faith, but have faith in God. Faith is a real thing. There's one thing that the devil is constantly after, and that is your faith. People say, well, you know, the enemy's attacking my finance. No, he's not. He's attacking your faith. He's attacking my health. No, he's not. He's attacking your faith. He's attacking your family. No, he's not. He's attacking your faith. He's making a great noise. You know, he'll, he'll jump up and down and make a great noise about it. Why does he attack it? He's attacking your faith. That is the most valuable commodity that you have. And he is out to des- destroy that. I can have faith in God. See, I can have faith in God when I don't even have faith in myself. Your faith moves God. Your faith shakes heaven. Your faith rebukes the devil. Your faith rebukes diseases. Your faith will give you courage. Your faith will give you confidence. Your faith reaches into the spirit. Your faith embraces the word of God. See, faith is so potent. It is so powerful that even if it's as so small as a little mustard seed that, that could get blown away by a grandmother's breath, can say to this mountain, be moved, and the mountain will move into the sea. Amen. Encourage you, grow in your faith. Amen. Grow in your faith today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we can have faith in you. Lord, we can have faith in a mighty God is greater than anything that we may face, greater than any mountain that may come our way, any difficulty that crosses our path. We come and we put our trust in you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a great word this morning. This morning, I want to I pray one more prayer. Uh, maybe you here this morning and you would say that you are, are far from God. Maybe you once walked with Him, but somehow you've drifted away or maybe you've never actually invited Him to be the Lord of your life. You know, the truth is that God loves you, that He's got a plan for you, a purpose for you, but our mistakes, our uh, shortfalls is what separates us from God. The Bible calls it sin. And we've all sinned. We've all short, fallen short of God's standard, but, but the good news is, is that Jesus made a way for us to be reunited with Him once more. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, that He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. The Bible says that Jesus came and He lived a perfect life, yet He died a criminal's death on a cross so that He could be the sacrifice, He could be the payment for our sins. And so if we accept Him, if we choose to follow Him, the Bible says that we're, we're born again, where we become new. Uh, and I'm, so, I'm gonna pray a simple prayer and I wanna invite you to pray along with me. I'm gonna pray out loud, but you can pray in your heart. And if you're saying, yeah, Adrian, I wanna follow Jesus then. Come on, let's close our eyes and bow our heads and I'm gonna pray that prayer. And if that's you, why don't you pray along with me in your heart. Say this, say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. That even though I've made mistakes and messed up, your sacrifice makes me new again. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Today, I choose to follow you. Would you come in and make me new? Would you be my Lord and my Saviour? And while all eyes are still closed and heads are still bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I wanna ask you to do one more brave thing. 
take one more step of faith. Right where you are, I'm gonna count to three in a few moments. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to pop your hand up really high and indicate to me that you did that. I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna see your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. And once you put your hand up and I see it, and I'll acknowledge that hand and you can put it back down. Okay, here we go, be brave. Three, two, one. Hands going up now. Awesome, I see that hand on the right. You can put it back down. Cool, I see the hand on the left. You can, you can put it back down. Anybody else saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer. I wanna follow Jesus. Awesome, I see the hand in the front. You can, you can pop your hand back down. Anybody else saying, yeah, Adrian, I wanna follow Jesus. God, just thank you for those people that have just put their hand up. I thank you today that your word says that they are born again, that the old is gone, that the new has come. God, I pray your hand on them. I pray your favor on them. I pray your leading and your guiding on them. I, I thank you that your word says that as we draw near to you, God, you draw near to us. I just pray that, God, you would reveal yourself to them. God, you'd come alive to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Can we celebrate those people that put their hand up? If you put your hand up or, or maybe you didn't, I wanna encourage you to take one more step of faith. On your uh, seat uh, would be one of these orange connect cards. And on the second box on the right, it says, I've committed or recommitted my life to Christ. I wanna encourage you to tick that box. And when the offering bucket comes around in a few moments, you can put that in there. Uh, and we're not gonna stalk you or anything like that. We just wanna get in contact with you. And we just wanna give you an invite to Alpha and help you figure out what this journey with Jesus looks like and how you can take the next step in that. Maybe you wanna be baptized and you know, seeing people get baptized today has really stirred your faith and you feel like that's the next step in your journey. There's a box for that as well and you can simply tick that and pop that in the offering bucket. Maybe you've got a prayer request, something that you're going through that you love us to pray with, uh, pray for. Uh, every week our, our team, our staff team pray for every prayer request that comes through and along with that, we've got an intercessory team that pray for those as well. And not only that, we'd love to hear your praise reports and, and the amazing thing that, things that God's doing in your life. Uh, so the offering bucket will come around in a minute. You can pop that in there. Uh, or both, in both foyers, we have Connect boxes and you can put uh, your Connect card in there or give it to the info booth if you like. Uh, we've got some cool things happening.